Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. It's going to be on the screen right now. If it isn't, then our computer guy's slacking. Absolutely. Acts 1.8. There it is. That's it. That's all we need. <clears throat> um, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to just um, we're just going to shred this verse up a little bit and see what we need to do from this. This is obviously Jesus speaking to his followers as he's about to ascend to heaven. We'll talk about that later. So the first thing I want to talk about is when he says, "Be my witnesses." Right there, it is. It's up there. I just have faith that it's up there. It is. Uh, be my witnesses. Write that down. Are you writing it down? Why aren't you writing it down? This isn't a game. Be my witnesses. <clears throat> the definition of a witness is a person who sees something happen or one who has personal knowledge of something. Okay? So back then, the word witness to them meant a little something different than it does to us. Back then, these dudes he was talking to and dudettes, whatever, uh, they saw Jesus, right? They literally witnessed him. They, they saw what he went through. They saw that he died, and they saw that he was resurrected three days later. They saw these things happen. These people literally witnessed Jesus and everything he was. They were called to, to share the story of what they had witnessed, the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now to us today, we, we read it a little bit differently because we literally didn't see Jesus preaching and teaching. We didn't see him performing miracles. Uh, we didn't see him suffer and die on the cross. We didn't see him raised from the dead. How dope would that be, though? How lucky those guys were. But we have the Word of God. We have the Scriptures, which is absolute truth, which means there is nothing truer than what we read in the Word of God. And the Bible says these things. It tells us about Jesus. And we bear witness to him through the word of God. And now this call is to us as well. It's not just to the disciples, to the followers that Jesus was talking to. It's, it's a call on our lives as well. To share the message that we receive through the Bible and to point others back to Jesus. If you, you still have your Bibles open, I'm assuming, if you go down one verse to Acts 1.9, It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles there. Acts 1.9 says, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. All right, so this is, in, in Acts 8, we see Jesus telling us um, that, that we're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit when it comes on us, and then we're going to be his witnesses to, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then right after he says that, he ascends to heaven. Right, he goes up in a cloud and just disappears. He goes up into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God. These words were literally the last words that he spoke to, to people in the flesh to go be his witnesses. Um, these words, uh, the last that Jesus spoke before he ascended to heaven, more or less echoed what Jesus was telling his followers in the Great Commission that we see in Matthew 28, where he tells us to go and to make disciples. It's the same message, to go spread the word of Jesus, his message, and the message of what he did and how he died and what that means for us. 
this is, is kind of why we're, we're on earth, to be honest with you. One of a, a couple reasons why we're here, why we're alive, is to share the message of Jesus. Paul says, and I forget which book it was, I just read a little bit ago, but Paul says that he would rather be in heaven. He would rather uh, pass away from this earth and to be in heaven because heaven is so dope. But as long as he's in heaven, he's going to go bear witness. He's going to go share the gospel with as many people as he could. And if you know anything about Paul, that dude constantly traveled. He was radically saved on the road to Damascus where he was blinded by Jesus. And then after that, he is literally preaching until he dies. So he did that. As long as he was on earth, he was sharing the gospel with every single person that he came in contact with. But to follow Jesus, and if we truly follow Jesus, we need to go and make disciples. We need to be his witnesses. We need to tell people about Jesus and what he did for us. So we need to be his witnesses. The second thing I want to talk about is the part where he says you will receive power, which technically comes first in the verse, but it would have been kind of weird if I would have said that first. Anyways, for whatever reason, talking about Jesus scares the poop out of us. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> Did we do that? Yeah, that was pretty weak, but I'll take it. it, it we're just scared to death to do it. Uh, we're so used to being comfortable, uh, and I think we, we hate conflict so much, and we just hate it when people look at us weird and when they judge us. Uh, sorry, I lost my spot. So we just kind of avoid it. Uh, we just don't do it. Uh, I mean, really think about it. I don't say this to belittle you because this is something that is convicting to me as well, but when was the last time you told someone about Jesus and his sacrifice? Think about it. Give me a date. No, not really, just like in your head. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm glad. No, I'll be proud. I'll be proud of you. <clears throat> When's the last time you told someone about Jesus? When you told someone how they could have access to the living God and eternal life if they just believe in Jesus and live for him? The Holy Spirit does a lot of things. He works in everyone, and he leads them to God. He's the one that, that convicts us and, and lets us know that we're doing things wrong. He acts as a guide for us on our spiritual journey. And he also empowers us, and that's what we see in Acts 8, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things. In 1 Corinthians, there's a list of these powers or gifts that the Holy Spirit provides to us, like speaking in tongues or or prophecy, or the gift of knowledge, of healing, works of miracles and discernment. These gifts are for us to use among the people for the kingdom of God, for the sake of God and his kingdom. So the moral of the story, why I say all this, is just to say that we're not on our own. When it comes to sharing Jesus with people, we're not on our own. But first of all, let me say this. I want you to hear this with your ears. Not with your nose, with your ears. If the hardest thing that we're called to do as Christians is to share Jesus with people, we have it wicked easy. You hear me? If that's the hardest thing right now that we're called to do is open our mouth and talk to somebody, what, what is that? I mean, we could be facing intense persecution and death like so many Christians are around the world right now. But we're not yet. 
Second, even if it isn't easy, and I'm not, <clears throat> I say that for myself too, because it isn't easy. It's not easy for me either to, to go and to share people or to share the message of Jesus with people. But even if it isn't, the Holy Spirit equips us and he empowers us to do what is necessary to get the job done. It's important to remember. And then we'll move on to the phrase in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Samaria, excuse me. So we're called to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria. So in this passage, we're, we're obviously called to be his witnesses, to spread the gospel or the good news of Jesus. But Jesus also kind of gives us some specific instructions as to where to spread the gospel, where to start, what to do, a formula, if you will. He told them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And Jerusalem was where they were. It was kind of where <clears throat> uh, like Judaism was based out of, and it was kind of where Christianity was based out of for a long time. So that was more or less their hometown. That was their community. That was where they lived. Not all of them maybe lived exactly there, but it was, that's kind of what it was referencing. And Judea and Samaria were kind of the surrounding areas of that city, right? They were, they were kind of close. Um, so basically he's saying, hey, be my witnesses in this town and in the surrounding areas. And this kind of made me think of, of this phrase, realm of influence. If you don't know what that is, write it down. Realm of influence. What the realm of influence is referring to is the fact that we all have people around us that we have influence over. We have, we have uh, an impact in their lives, in their decision making, whether it's friends or, or family members or, or whoever. People that we care about and that we have an effect over. That's, that's our Jerusalem. Right? These are the people in our lives that we're close to, that are close to us. And this is where we start. We start in Jerusalem with the, the people in our realm of influence, communicating Jesus to the people in that group, our realm of influence. And then after Jerusalem, we move to Judea and Samaria, so to speak. And those could be the people outside of our realm of influence, but people that are nonetheless around us, that we come in contact with, classmates, teachers. Yes, I said teachers. Co-workers, random people at Culver's maybe later tonight, whoever. It could be anybody you come in contact with. I want you to think about this. There are over 7 billion people on this planet. Just try to imagine 7 billion people for a second. And there, of those 7 billion, there are billions and billions of people that uh, don't have a relationship with Jesus. That they don't have access to eternity in heaven right now. There are so many people around us every day that don't know Jesus. People next door. People that sit next to you in class. They're everywhere. You brush shoulders with them every day. And there's even more people who think that they're good. Especially in this town, a very high church town. There's a lot of people who think they're doing it right. But are missing it. And we're called to be Jesus' witnesses to, to all of these people, to all these people that, that don't have that access to Jesus, that have not yet made that decision or made aware of Jesus. We're called to go and to make disciples. But this is a question we need to keep coming back to is, are we, are we doing that? There are so many people around us every day that are just crying out, for Jesus. 
Are we being Jesus' witness to these people? Or do we just sit there with our mouth closed? Passing on the responsibility to someone else. And then the last phrase of the passage is end of the earth. So we're, we're to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all of Samaria and then to the end of the earth. Jesus tells us to start at home, start in Jerusalem, start in your realm of influence, then go out to the other people that you can reach in Judea and Samaria and the community around you, and then the rest of the planet as well. And this is tough, but if you think about it, this is even tougher for them to fathom back when Jesus was saying this. Because to them, they didn't have cars, they didn't have planes, obviously. They just got around by foot or maybe on the back of a camel, a donkey, or whatever, a unicorn. See, the end of the, <laughs> the, end of the earth seemed a lot bigger to them than it does to us today. Today, it doesn't take that long, really, to travel from one end of the planet to the other. Probably within a day or so, you could get from one end of the planet to the other side. And then if you think about it even deeper, we have access to, to technology. Where right now, I could go chat with somebody in Asia somewhere if I wanted to. I mean, we have access to, to this technology where we can communicate with anybody anywhere at any time. But still, not all of us can do that. The ends of the earth is, is a big task, and not all of us are called to that. We don't have the ability to do that on the other side of the earth. But there are some people that have that ability, that have that calling to go and have went and are there. People that are overseas preaching and teaching, fighting to spread the gospel of Jesus. But we are still called to be a part of that process of witnessing to the ends of the earth. So what can we do? We all have money. Regardless of how little or how much, we all have money and access to money. We are from one of the richest nations in the world. I originally typed the richest nation in the world, and then I had to go back and say, no, we're not anymore. We're from one of the richest nations in the world. Even the poorest of the poor in the U.S. are richer than a lot of people in third world countries. And the, the kind of unfortunate thing is that Money is a necessary evil. It allows us to do things. It allows missionaries to go tell people about Jesus. And without support, they can't do much. Without funds, without finances, without money, they can't really do too much. Without support, they don't have a vehicle. They don't have resources to communicate the message of Jesus with people around the world. It was kind of cool at a convention this year um, they brought in two of these guys that were from uh, India, um, and they kind of got to share their story a little bit of, of how Steve Tripp, our uh, district youth director, was over there and worked closely with the missionary over there and knew these guys, and they came in and shared the story about the village they're from and, and just crazy stories of, of what God is doing over in India. And, and after they kind of got done sharing, um, Speed the Light, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, provided them with, with a couple iPads to take back over to India to show to the people in these villages the story of Jesus so they can see it unfold in front of them. That's a huge advantage. And we think about people from, from these, these remote little villages who maybe have never seen anything like that. It's, that in itself is a miracle. But then to see 
just this this image in this video of of Jesus and what he did and how he died and how he suffered for us and what that means for us that has an incredible impact and those iPads were paid for by by Speed the Light and we support Speed the Light that's what we can do that's what we're called to do if if we can't physically go and and maybe some of us in this room are called to physically go overseas and to preach the gospel to the people in these foreign nations, and that's amazing. But if we can't physically go, then we need to support those that can. It's our responsibility. We tend to look at missionaries and kind of view them as people who are just kind of off doing their own thing, but they're not. They're an extension of us. They're a part of our team, of the church, the kingdom. This passage kind of goes, or this, this message kind of goes two ways. It's, it's really at the core a call to action. To act here in our Jerusalem, in our Judea. But it's also a call to the ends of the earth. And for those who... Uh, for those of us who can't go to the ends of the earth, to do everything that we can to support those who can, those who are already there working and doing uh, great things for the kingdom of God. It's our call to support them and to help them. So tonight what we're going to do is uh, in a few seconds you're going to have a sheet of paper in front of you, and hopefully you have a pen. If you don't have a pen, uh, grab one at some point. But we are going to make our pledges for 2016 to support Speed the Light. Speed the Light, like I talked about 80 times, is an organization that provides things for missionaries. Cars is kind of what they're known for, is providing vehicles to people uh, overseas that need them. But they also provide different things like iPads. Uh, I know they provided a bunch of Kindles to some pastors in Cuba a while ago. Um, they do other things like sound equipment, projection equipment, things like that. But they just give. So tonight we're going to make a pledge. A pledge is simply this. It's just a commitment to give a certain amount of money. Don't fill it out yet. I want you looking here right now. Okay? Don't fill it out yet. Um, I need to explain something. They ask for a bunch of your information, um, even your social security number. Just kidding, because most of you probably don't even know it. Um, weekly commitment to speed the light. So that means a couple of things. First of all, that's weekly, right? It's not monthly. It's not yearly. So keep that in mind. Secondly, this is just for speed the light. So we're all kind of committed to um, providing the funds needed to, to um, support. Like 50 cents a week or so um, from you personally goes to Speed the Light. So that's what I'm looking for. He needs in Haiti. 
right? But this is everything above and, above and, and beyond that goes to speed of light. And I want you just to, I don't want you just to, to on a whim write something. I want you to think about this and pray about it. I'll give you a You. There's a story in the Bible of this widow who gave just a couple little coins, um, but it was all that she had, and uh, she was applauded by Jesus for it. Well, the other people. Level, right? If you make a grand a week and you give a dollar, that's ridiculous. Right? We need to get to the point where we can give until it hurts. I mean, think, ask yourself right now, what can you great deals at Sam's Club, right? But really, what, what can you give up? What can you sacrifice? Um, the bottom half is you fill out and you keep so you know what you pledged, so you know what you committed. So keep that, put it in your pocket, put it somewhere where you'll um, where you know where it is. Um, so I'll give you a couple minutes to fill that out. Dear God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for these final words um, of Jesus as he was on the planet, Lord, to be his witnesses. Lord, we will receive power from the Holy Spirit, and we're so thankful for that, that we're not on our own. We have the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us uh, and equipping us for this journey. But God, I pray that, that you would just give us boldness and courage to go be witnesses to the people around us. Lord, I pray that you would just help us be smart with our funds. God, that we would just um, recognize how important it is that people everywhere come to know you, and not just the people around us, not just the people we're close with, but everyone everywhere deserves and has a right to hear about you and to have the opportunity to respond to that and, and have the opportunity to have access to heaven in relationship with the creator of the universe. God, I pray you would help us keep that in our minds. Help us to be faithful to our pledges and to our commitments, um, God, and, and so we can just sit and watch you do amazing things with it. In your name we pray. Amen.